0: Well, today we're beginning a brand new series of messages called Seasons of Change. It's something that we all go through, but not all of us grow through, if you know what I mean. Is it just me, or is it... It just seems like many of us, we're in this season right now of change. So many of us, we're going through seasons of change. Many of you in your personal lives or in the lives of your family. I've had conversations recently with people making decisions about retirement or moving or job changes health changes that are affecting you or your family. And then we're in the midst of so much change here at Grace as we're looking at expanding our campus, as we're looking at expanding our staff, filling up our ministry staff. And I just think, don't you just love change? (laughs) Like it or not, change is inevitable. We can't avoid it. You know, I was just at the doctor this last week to have a physical done, and that's one of those things I just hate to do because I have to talk about all these things I'd rather not talk about and how, you know, it, you, when I, a few years ago I only had pains when I did something stupid. Now sometimes I'm just having pains just as a da- on a daily basis, whether I want to or not. Do you, you know what that's like? Sometimes change we, we actually want, and sometimes there's just change we don't want, but we learn, have to learn how to embrace and to deal with. We're dealing with change at home right now because my little baby boy is in high school and it's freaking me out. <laughs> his voice is changing and his appetite is changing and his circadian clock is changing. He's now becoming like an owl. He wants to sleep all day and stay up all night. And Teresa and I are realizing, you know, as, even as he's becoming a high schooler, that that day's coming when we'll be empty nesters and change will come on us again. And that just freaks us out to even think about. I don't know about you, but I'm a creature of habit. And it sometimes takes me a while to warm up to change, even if it's good change. Maybe you'd agree with that. But whether you like it or not, change is inevitable in our lives. We just cannot avoid it, no matter how hard we try. And if it doesn't hit you really early in life, it hits you at puberty. And then it hits you again when you graduate from high school and you have to learn how to figure out how to live life on your own. Maybe you fall in love and you commit your heart to someone else and change happens all again. Change happens and celebrates as we age, right? Walking all of a sudden becomes an exercise. And body parts start to hurt when they're not supposed to and that becomes the new normal. Change hits especially hard when we lose a job or we lose someone that we love, whether it's a parent or a child and everything Suddenly changes. And we really don't have a choice in the matter, do we? And then there are those times that come, maybe you know what I'm talking about, when change is, is placed before you and you do have a choice. You know? you know? There's a woman in my office just this week and she was sharing, she was questioning God about, I, I, she said, I think God is asking me to take an early retirement. I think God is asking me to just make a clean break and to give my heart and life to serve him in ministry. What do you think? You know, sometimes we have those things that we just, we sense a stirring and we're like, is that God? Or is that me? Am I trying to run from something or run to something? You don't know what I'm talking about? In those, in times like these, when God's preparing us for seasons of change, we have a, and we we have a choice to make, there are really three options as I see it. We can resist, We can stay stuck. We can say things like, God, why me? You know, this isn't fair. Or we can panic and we can react prematurely trying to figure out what God wants and we can step ahead of God sometimes and miss God. Or we can take the time to hear God well and respond to him in faithfulness. And that is what I hope for you through this series, because as I said, many of you right now, you're right in the middle of a season of change, and you, you're sensing it, and you're, maybe there's a little bit of anxiety in your heart as you're thinking about it. Maybe some of you are thinking, oh, I'm kind of coasting right now, and Dave, now you're telling me that change is coming, and I'd rather not think about it. But it's coming, like it or not. And God wants us in those moments to hear him well and to respond in faithfulness. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be walking through the book of Genesis, chapters 12 through 22. We're going to look at those 11 chapters and we're going to look at the life of a man by the name of Abraham or Abram as he was known early in his life. And we're going to see how he embraces change as it comes upon him. We see in his life, especially from age 75 and on, God was throwing all kinds of change at this guy. And he responded well sometimes to change and sometimes he didn't. So we're going to learn how to slow down and learn what life lessons God's placing before us when they come. And we're going to learn how to support and encourage each other in the midst of change as it happens to those we love. And what we're going to see today as we start in this story of Abraham is this, that when God calls us to opportunities for change, there is never a better response than careful and complete obedience. Doesn't matter what kind of change you are going through or you're going to go through. Doesn't matter how you look at it, what what you could think God may or may not be saying. Every single time, there is one response that's always the best: careful and complete obedience. And what we're going to see today is we start looking at this life, this man named Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. I would encourage you to turn there in your Bibles if you have them, Genesis 12, or Go to mygrace.church on your web browser and you can click on the sermon notes tab and you can follow along there. What we want to see as we look at this idea of careful and complete obedience in the life of Abraham in the very beginning of this story as we see it in Genesis is three things. And this, these are the three things I think you and I, we can kind of think about today when we think about changing our own lives. Calling, courage, and consistency. In every change we're going through, I want us to think about calling, courage, and consistency. So we first learn about this guy named Abraham, or Abram, as, he, as I said, he was known early in his life, at the end of chapter 11 in Genesis. His dad has this idea that he wants to move he and his wife and his kids and as many of his family as he can to another country to live, this land that he had heard about far, far away named, called Canaan, or Canaan. And so he packs up the family, gets them to go with him, And they start heading to this new country, and Abraham's dad gets about halfway there, and he gets to a city named Haran, and he just kind of looks around at the rest of the family and says, You know what? I think this is good. This is close enough. I kind of like this place. Let's just settle here. And And so Abraham's dad starts unpacking his suitcase and settling down, and in that moment, as they're trying to get used to the idea of, Okay, we're not going where Dad said we're going, God speaks very clearly to Abraham and says, you're not to stay here. You're to keep going. I want you to go to Canaan. Now, Abram's dad, was he hearing a call from God? I don't know. Maybe it was just an itch to go somewhere new. We, We don't know a whole lot about his dad, but we do know that God spoke clearly to Abraham in the midst of that, in the midst of this change, and says, I've got far more change for you than you have any idea. Keep going. Now, we tend to know Abraham as this great man of faith, right? But he wasn't that guy yet. At this point in his life, at the end of chapter 11, he's like, "Mm, interesting, God, I think I'm staying here. I've gone far enough. I've had enough change. I'm just kind of staying here. And so he ignores that calling of God. And then he waits until after, God waits until after his dad dies, and then God calls Abraham again and says, Abraham, I want you to go to Canaan. I don't want you staying here. I have change in store for you. Go to the place that I will show you. And this time, to Abram's credit, he packs up his family, and they start to go. He senses a call again from God. And you know, as I was thinking about that, I think that's how God's always worked in my life. And I, I bet if you're a follower of Christ, God will do the same in your life. It just seems like whenever there's this major change that's coming in our lives, it always starts with a calling. It starts with that whisper from God that says, I have something better in store for you. You may not think so. You may think this life as you've got it right now, it's perfect, but I've got something for you. Life change best begins with a clear calling. Have you ever faced a big decision or a life-changing decision of some kind and you just had no idea what you were supposed to do? Or maybe if you're a follower of Christ, I'll put it to you this way. Maybe you had a, a, a big decision and you had no idea what God wanted you to do. To navigate change well, I believe we should always, always start with a clear calling, with a clear understanding of what God wants because we can't be... Carefully obedient if we don't know what God is saying, right? But if we know, guys, if we know God's heart for us, if we know God's plans, his desires, his wants for our lives, then what better response could we have than to follow that, right? Rather than trusting in ourselves, if we trust in the one who knows the future, who knows the end from the beginning, who created us, and has this beautiful plan, for our lives. Sometimes God makes change clear to us when it comes. And we know exactly what God wants for us. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes there are these seasons of life where we're discerning a change and we have to slow down and we have to listen carefully and say, God, what are you asking of me? For Abraham, the change is very clear. It's crystal clear. Look at Genesis chapter 12 in verse 1. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. It's a big change for Abram to go again to this strange place, this place he doesn't know a whole lot about, a place with a different language, with different traditions, a place where he has no guarantee that he can earn a living a place where the things that he might tend to hold on to or in control to keep his life stable are all of a sudden going to be thrown up in the air again. Have you ever been in an experience like that? I know I have. But with this change, God makes some incredible promises to Abraham. Look at verse 2. It says, God says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. In this moment, guys, God promises Abraham to bless him far beyond his wildest dreams. He's 75 years old at this point, and his wife is infernal. They've never had children, and now... In this passage, especially in verse 7, God's directly promising him descendants. How does that make any sense? So let me just say to you this morning, if you're on the front end of change right now, let me encourage you to wait. To wait for a clear calling from God. Wait for it. Your instinct may be to jump. Wait for it. Wait for that assurance and that peace that that change that you think might be happening in your life that God might even be bringing is the choice that God wants you to make. You know, it was a, that was a choice that I made back when I was 21 years old. And I was sensing God stirring in me and calling me out of a, a life of journalism to go into ministry. And that was, as, as an introvert, I tell you, it just freaked me out. I was totally fine behind a computer pecking out stories and putting them in the paper for people to read. Whole other idea to be in ministry. And so for me, I was freaking out by this change, and I wasn't sure if this was God calling me. And so I remember going to my pastor at that time, and I'm like, how do I know? How do I know when God's calling me to change? In that moment, he gave me this advice that I want to give to you, this advice that I see from the story of Abraham. And he said, Dave, I'll tell you what I've done over all these many years of ministry. And he says, it's never failed me. He says, when I sense that God's doing something, I I stick with what I know God's called me to do last until I sense God changing in me and God stirring in me and God even prompting in my heart that I am sinning if I don't take that next step. And he says, that's when I make the move. That's when I change. He says, sometimes I go a little slower than everybody else. That's okay. Because I know when I take that step that, it's, that God's taking it with me. And when everything hits the fan a little while later, because I'm making the change and everything's thrown up in the air, he says, I don't question God. He says, I just dig in and I focus. And it was in that moment that he gave me this advice that I'll never forget. And I've shared this with some of you before. He said, Dave, trust it. He said, God never creates a butterfly and clips its wings. Now, I believe that's a word for some of you this morning who are in the midst of change, and you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Why is God doing this? Everything was fine, God. Why would you have to mess with it? But God is a God of change. Growth doesn't happen except through change. But wait for it. Wait for that clear calling. And when you do that, that will give you the courage To follow through with what God has called you to do. Life change requires courage. And that's what we see in the story of Abraham. I mean, look at verses 4 and 5 here. Abraham needed courage because the land that he was going into was already inhabited. It wasn't like they had a spot picked out for him. He hadn't gone to a real estate agent and picked out his plot, right? He's going in here and he's bound to find conflict, maybe even all-out war because he's staking his claim of dirt and saying, this is mine. We see this in a young man named Joshua, too. God taps Joshua on the shoulder in, this, in the book of Joshua chapter 1 and says, I want you to lead my people. And this is happening just as Moses, their leader, had died. And Joshua was freaking out. I'm like, this is more change than I need, God. Do you remember what God said to him in that moment? Be strong and courageous. Take courage. And in that moment, God speaks to Joshua and says, I want you to stay in Scripture. I want you to constantly read it day and night to, so that I can remind you of my promises to you. And to keep you from falling into fear and discouragement. In the changes that we face right now in Grace's future, I'm asking you to pray for our leadership. Pray for our for our operational leadership team, for our spiritual leadership team. Pray for our ministry staff. You know what? God has given us as a community a very, very clear vision, a very simple vision that we would consistently, continuously be a place where we're, we're, we're developing fully devoted followers of Christ. Not people who are just hanging out on the sidelines of faith, just doing the church thing every now and then and feeling good about ourselves. God's created a place here where people would continually take steps closer to Jesus to become fully devoted followers of Christ because in those moments as we're fully devoted, we will spread Christ's love to Tucson and to the world. To do that, God is stirring among us and showing us that he wants us to go through a season of change, to expand our campus so that we can reach more people for Christ, to hire adequate staff to equip all of us of students and adults, to take steps closer to Christ. And I believe, some of you have heard me share this before, I believe God's put this burden on my heart for grace that we're going to grow to a church of about 500 people on Sunday mornings and then we're going to stop growing. Because I believe with all of my heart, God wants us to more effectively reach our community by planting more grace communities throughout Tucson, throughout Pima County. I look forward to that day when there's another grace on the other end of town. And I see it coming. To do these things, it will take a clear calling and it will take courage. (laughs) But it will also, this is the last thing I want to share with you, it will take consistency. Because we can derail the work that God is doing in a season of change if we're not consistent, if we're not faithful, and we're not trusting God all the way. And that's where Abraham falls short in this story today. Look at verse 10. It says, "At that time, after Abram has gotten to this place called Canaan, at that time a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner." Once again, a move. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife Sarai, "Look, you are a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, let's kill him, then we can have her. So please tell them you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. And sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. When the palace officials saw her, they sung her praises to Pharaoh, their king, and Sarai was taken into his palace. Then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her, sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. Interesting, isn't it? So Abram made it all the way to Canaan, trusting God, but after he gets there, this big test comes again, change happens, not favorable change, this this famine hits the land And Abram isn't left with a whole lot of options. He realizes, well, there's only really one place I can go right now, and that's down further south to Egypt. He had heard that there was a a strong empire there. By this time, the great pyramids had already been built. He knew that there was a reliable source of water there and food. And on the way there, Abram is talking to his wife, and he's filled with fear. He's like, he, he loses courage. He becomes inconsistent. And he decides to take matters into his own hands. And he knows God hates lies, but he's like, maybe God will let me off on a technicality. Because, yeah, Sarah's my wife, but she's also my half-sister technically, so I'll just tell him she's, he, she's my sister. Back in those days, when, when bad things happened, when disease or sickness hit a, a group of people, the tendency was to think, well, somebody's God has been ticked off. And in this moment, as, as this, as Sarah is taken into Pharaoh's palace. This is what happens. And so Pharaoh starts looking around saying, what's going on here? What changes has happened? What's good, what gives? Because some bad stuff's happening. And then he looks at Sarah. He's like, well, it must be your fault. It must be your God's fault. You've been the latest thing to come into the house. So he approaches Abram and finds out the whole thing is a lie. And in that moment, because Abram was inconsistent, because he didn't trust God, he was forced by Pharaoh to leave this place of water and return to the land of famine. Now, Pharaoh gives him all these servants and livestock, but even that causes trouble for Abraham. It splits his family, as we're going to see next week. In two weeks, we're going to see that even again, because of Abraham's decision in this moment to be inconsistent, he, you know, one of the maidservants that comes with Abram from Egypt is this woman named Hagar. And that throws up the whole family with lots of problems. We'll see that in a couple weeks. All because Abraham was inconsistent. Because he didn't carefully and completely obey God's voice. Listen, God wants faithfulness. God wants consistency out of you and me. That requires trust in God's calling. You know, I told you about my pastor a little over 20 years ago. Back back at that time when I was going through this change, and it just seemed like way too much for me, God gave me a life verse. And that verse is Luke chapter 9, verse 62. It's kind of an odd life verse, but it's one that I have held on to ever since that day in 1995 where Jesus said, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back isn't fit for the kingdom of God. I remember reading that verse over and over and over again in those days leading up to that big change in my life, that first real significant change, and just struggling with that with God. And what God showed me through this verse was, Dave, if you're not consistent with your faith, if you're not courageous in whatever God call you to do, then just don't do it. But if you take that, if you, if you sense that calling and if you're courageous and you're consistent with it, you won't need to look back. And that is where the blessing will truly come. It won't come by following God doing this all the time, but by looking straight ahead and knowing What God has for me, his plans are perfect every single time. God has an adventure planned for your life, yours. And it's far from over, I promise you. And it will involve, by necessity, seasons of change. Are you in a season like that right now? Do you recognize changes are coming? Do you, do you sense God's call to you in some way? How he wants you to, to navigate those changes with courage and consistency? Let me ask you this morning, if you're in that place, what holds you back? What would hold you back from fully embracing God's plan for you in this next season of change? I want you to navigate these changes with careful and complete obedience, not missing out on a single good thing that God has for you. You know, each week in your program, I don't know if you recognize this, and it's also in your online sermon notes at the end. There are a group of questions that you can take in your use in your personal time with God each week. As just as I write my messages each week, I also spend the time as I close out my time with God writing a message to to think through those questions and give those to you each week. And I pray that they'll bless you. And this week, maybe as you're thinking about some change in your life, and you think through some scriptures, God will speak to you through those questions. God's preparing you for change all the time. If you don't hear God's call clearly, you can miss out on God's best for you. If you let fear grip you, if you hesitate, if you freeze up, if you are inconsistent in your trust you can miss out on God's best. And if you do it in your own strength, you can miss out on God's best. But if you sense God's call and you're courageous and consistent, imagine what God will do through your life. Your life. Imagine what God could do through all of our lives if every single time God throws change in front of us, we're careful, we hear it, and we completely obey Imagine what this community will look like if a community believers like ours did just that. Something seems so simple, but it can totally change a community. Change is coming, guys, <laughs> guaranteed. If you're not in one now, it's coming. We can't stop it, but we can embrace it. We can grow from it, and we can enjoy the experience of life through it. And you will as long as you look for God and you respond with careful and complete obedience. Would you pray with me? Lord, I am so glad that you are stirring this in my heart right now. Lord, I believe that you asked me to put this last series on hold, to not to do that last message I had planned for this week in the, our prior series so that I could launch into this. Lord, because I just believe you're stirring and you're just saying, I've got so many people right now in this room, or, and those listening online, right on the heels of change. God, I know that even as I'm praying right now, some of us in this room are just feeling the anxiety. Feeling, the, feeling worried and anxious because we don't want to go through this again. We don't want to face that change. Maybe for some of us, we're going through change that we don't think is going to be pleasant. That we don't think we can le- possibly learn anything from. God, I pray that you would change our perspective. Help us, Lord, to embrace change, even the difficult stuff, knowing that we will never be left alone, knowing that you are with us and that we will grow through it. Lord, remind us in those moments of change that you never create us and then clip our wings. Help us, Lord, in those moments of fear to trust you and to trust you fully. Lord, I pray for each person in this room who is struggling with this idea of trusting you. Maybe you're here this morning, and this whole idea of trusting God, it just is not something you've done well. You've heard people talk about it. Maybe people around you have said they've done it. But for you, when you get to that moment, it's just like, "Ah, I don't think I can, God. God. If that's you this morning, I want to encourage you, I want to beg you to trust, to trust the God who created you, to trust him, just as Abraham did 4,000 years ago when change hit him. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted God with your life, and I want to encourage you today, if you've never done that, to surrender your heart and life to Christ today. Pray with me this prayer in your silence of your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you with this change and God, I ask that you would help me to embrace it. God, with this change in my heart and life, as I surrender my heart and life to you or as I give my heart and life back to you, Mm -hmm. God, I ask that you would help me through this season of change. God, help me to trust you. As I ask Lord, for you to come into my heart and life and fill me with your spirit. God, I ask, I welcome that change in my life today. God, I know without a doubt that if you were there, your plans for me are perfect. So God, in these weeks ahead, I ask that you would help me to learn from this experience. Help me to embrace this season of change. In Jesus' name. Amen.